What's up, everyone? Appreciate you all joining. We got Flynn with the new server boost and everything. Alrighty, since we got people right on time, let's get it rolling. Um, I'll toss it over to AE to just say what's up. Thanks for tuning in again. Hey guys, happy Friday. Thanks for joining. Good to see you all. Guys. Bobby, thanks for joining. Hey everyone, it's Bobby. How are you doing? Alrighty, and then per usual, uh here to here to kick things off. Um, you know, again, happy Friday to everyone. Appreciate you joining. I think we have a pretty good topic for today. Put out a little blog article about the uh the partner program to give that you know, really high level overview of, of what it is, but wanted to take today to, um, you know, give the community a little bit more detail, give you a chance to ask some questions um, and, and go over that and talk about how, you know, this is probably going to evolve over time, hopefully. hopefully. Um, and, you know, appreciate all the great questions that we've had coming in. So we'll try to keep the beginning part relatively brief so we can get a chance to get to all those great questions. Um, so basically, the I'll, I'll kick it off with like what the y-axis kind of partner model is and it's you know it's simply just based on the the simple time-tested model of incentivizing loyal users with a revenue share um that could be as something as a rewards card at a restaurant like you know it, it goes as basic as that so it's it's particularly focused on users that will drive high traffic and offer uh, potential additional co-benefits so really after that um, those sort of outsized co-benefits that um, maybe are more than what meets the eye at face value. So um, two main kind of partner categories, we'll call them. Um, so high volume referral sources, or um, you know, a, a potential example of that could be like another DeFi protocol, kind of integrating us as sort of a whitelisted partner um, with potential co-benefits there being, you know, we draw more TVL and revenue than we would have had in the first place. Um, so even if you're sharing a cut, it's still, you know, positive EV for the project and for the, for the community. Um, and also opportunities for co-marketing, kind of expanding our reach to new communities with that approach. And then the other major type would just be like a large entity or an entity depositor with a, like a large deposit and probably like a time, a time lock structure there. So, um, the co-benefits there would obviously be in addition to the above of just attracting more TVL and revenue than we would have captured in sort of a business as usual scenario. Um, that also helps drive TVL and revenue stability, which is huge. Um, and then also leveraging their network for these um, you know, large entity partners. Um, and then just give you a little insight on timing. So the partner program will go live after V3 is live. Um, Want to obviously have the new program with the new vaults probably give a little gap for the vaults to get the feet under themselves and then um you know push the partner program to uh in production from from there um you know currently just kind of using this time in the, in the meantime to sort of uh fine tune the revenue modeling and program parameters after we kind of introduce the program so um you know 
from there, we want to just kind of take a look at some other successful models sort of within the, the general DeFi space, just to give you a bit of a comparison. Um, and then we'll move into sort of the value creation opportunity here for Y-axis. So some other successful models to date have been um, Yearn. So they you know, have Alchemix, Badger, Inverse Finance, and, and some other partners. Um, and basically Yearn just provides a reliable yield infrastructure for them to build products on top of. Um, for example, like Alchemix is sort of notorious, the loan that pays itself back with the yield uh, model. Um, and uh, Yearn kind of provides a reliable place to source yield and then rewards Alchemix with a cut of the revenue as a result to incentivize that continued partnership. So it's kind of more or less along the lines of you know, where uh, what we're looking to do. Um, you know, as discussed, the uh, partner in the, like in the partner program medium article um, that was released, I believe it was around this weekend, I'm pretty sure um, that it was uh, the partner program over at Yearn was was a large driver behind their, you know, massive TVL growth from the inception of the program. So um, hoping hoping to kind of leverage a similar approach and achieve kind of similar results over over here at uh, Y axis. Um, and, you know, in case you're not familiar with Lido, but Lido is um, a liquid staking solution for Ethereum 2.0. So you can stake in stake your Ethereum and kind of earn yield, but still have access to that capital. Um, and they just launched a referral program, they call it, but it's a similar idea. Um, they launched a referral program um, a few days ago, but it's about four days ago. Um, and their goal is to have people build on top of Lido and drive Ethereum to their platform. And then in return, the referral source receives um, their Lido token as rewards. Um, and, you know, in kind of our opinion, the revenue share model uh, for Y-axis is better because you're not kind of relying on additional emissions to fund the program. Um, rather, you're just creating more aggregate revenue for the project. Um, and then, so from there, we'll kind of focus a little bit more on the, the value creation opportunity here. Um, so obviously, the as I mentioned at the, at the outset, so if you use the program to leverage TVL growth from partners, you, you, you're giving a, a cut, but you're driving more revenue in aggregate, which is obviously better for the access token, better for stakers, um, you know, better for the treasury. And, you know, basically that whole flywheel effect of like, more revenue, um, you know, more more uh, uh, buybacks, then, you know, we're able to offer kind of higher yield as a token price is supported, um, you know, offer, be able to support more TVL, which drives more revenue and kind of so on and so on. So that's the great, you know, reflexivity mechanism that I think many appreciate about the project and sort of looking to unlock that further in, um, in era two, as we kind of roll out so, you know, the new vaults, better strategies, um, and also the partner program as a component of that as well. And then, so now from there, I'll kind of split the value creation opportunity into the sort of whitelisted partner and the entity partner that we kind of talked about at the outset. Um, so basically when you have a whitelisted partner, which is like a high referral source or integration, uh, with a revenue share, that means they're incentivized to drive capital to Y-axis, which can lead to, you know, co-marketing. We can even invite someone from their their team on on your herd uh, and bring uh, bring in people from a new community. We could participate in their community events, 
and you know spread our spread our name over there um just shooting from the hip i mean you know a name that sort of comes comes to mind is like an 88 mph which builds bond products and you know integrates base yield providers like y-axis and they have a community call every week and have expressed that they're open to co-marketing and stuff like that so i think they, they would be a logical uh, potential partner not saying that that's in the works it's just hypothetical and just saying that that's something that seems seems like a logical fit and something that we we would we could definitely uh you know look look to support and look to uh go after so um and then on the entity partner side um something that i kind of mentioned earlier is driving tvl and revenue stability and that's huge for you know especially on that that revenue stability is huge for uh yaxis holders stakers and the treasury and then also creates more confidence and trust in the project um and then also mention like leveraging these entity partners network so for example um uh cosmo uh cosmo x could be an entity partner um and you know beyond just their capital the additional co-benefit is their other network of institutional clients that they could help bring into the program driving outsized value creation beyond just their tbl contribution or their revenue generation so it's sort of a the general gist of a program and the, the goal and the value creation opportunity. So kind of from there, let's dive right into the some of the questions that were asked in advance. Like I mentioned, we have a ton of good questions this week, so I want to make sure that we get to them all. Um, and as usual, since this is a part-time food review channel, uh, we have a question from the TISC this week. Uh, in addition to uh, basically, in an attempt to um, redeem himself from the kettle corn question of last week, uh, <laughs> the TIS asked this week, what is the weird food combo that you enjoy? Uh, the TIS is PB&J and cheese. I don't know how, I don't know if, it, you know, if that, if, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I don't Bro, know sorry, I can't stop that. That's, it doesn't get, get much worse on that. That you were going to redeem yourself, this. Oh man, yeah, I don't know what's worse than that. We got that and Big Poppy's eating whole apples. So I don't know. Oh, I, we got we got Zemus asking if if this is real life, and you know I think we're we're right there with him, asking the same questions. So uh, you know I don't really have anything weird off the top of my head other than you know honey mustard is just great. I put that that stuff on just about anything. I don't know if anybody else has on our side has any uh, <laughs> any weird food combos that they like. Hey, I, I wouldn't call um, honey mustard weird at all. That stuff is awesome, <laughs> but I, I think I have my um, my weird food combo from a couple weeks back. Um, just based on everybody's feedback, I guess uh, Hawaiian Hawaiian bacon and uh, Canadian ham and pineapple on pizza. I guess that's a weird combo. So I'm sticking by that one. Uh, for me, like my wife is Brazilian, and what they do, they put peas and sweet corn in their burgers. So like your burger from McDonald's, they'll put in sweet corn and, and you know, green peas, which is just really weird. And it doesn't, doesn't work for me, but they all kind of swear by it. And that's normal in Brazil. Oh man, that's mad funny. Alrighty, um, moving on to, from there. Uh, Big Poppy asks a, uh, a series of questions um, per, per usual. Always love the, love the Big Poppy lineup. Um, so they probably wants to know kind of what's the target audience 
institutions involved, what's the minimum deposit? Um, and so hopefully kind of the, the sort of whitelisted partner and entity partner uh, idea that I kind of laid out above, um, hopefully help kind of answer that, like who the target audiences are. Um, and sort of like no minimum deposit at the moment, but like I mentioned, just fine tuning parameters internally, um, given that we have this, this time until the program is gonna go live. Uh, along with the revenue, the revenue modeling, um, but likely uh, considering on a you know a case by case basis with the co benefits and other things like that in mind. Uh, so not necessarily always the pure pure min uh, deposit. Um, Big Poppy also asked uh, a firm date for launch, um, and I think you know kind of as we've expressed, we're just going to release the vaults uh, as soon as possible. Um, there's no sense like being conservative and selecting a day. And then having them sit there for a couple of days, ready to ready to go, and just sitting there, uh, just so we can release on that specific day, or have like the auditor move slowly and we cause a couple of day delay, and then like we, we you know we miss a deadline or something. So um, you know we have content uh, content ready, communication strategy ready, and we'll remain flexible to communicate the launch appropriately uh, and drive drive the uh, attention to the launch. So I think. I think we're well positioned there and you know sorry i can't really give you maybe a little bit more of a satisfying answer i think that's sort of the the best approach um and then you know kind of as you pointed out last week you know obviously live on live on testnet so um and but big copy asks uh, other assets besides ethereum bitcoin link and stables and um so short answer is is yes that's the plan eventually but obviously you know want to get those assets the ethereum bitcoin link um you know those assets off the ground and launched first um test the waters for a bit add in more strategies for those assets make sure the partner program is good to go kind of etc etc and then and then we can look to to expand so yes just not like super near term um and then you know those core assets themselves with good strategies should have no issues attracting plenty of TVL based on you know what's out there in the market right now. Um, yeah, if I so, just could, if we can add on to that question. Yeah. Uh, as far as other assets go, we can theoretically support anything as long as it's an, as it's uh, that, that it's an ERC twenty, and that it can be provided as collateral on lending platforms, so we can for stable coins against it. So uh, yeah, bananas. I don't think banana can work because that's not an ERC twenty. But no. for example, <laughs> for example, let's let's just say randomly synthetics. You can you can post it as collateral on Aave, so that means you can make vault for it very easily, in theory. And I know that it's um it's the plan for TNC to have a deposit all button, so it would search your wallet for every type of asset which is uh, potentially. Uh, able to be deposited into the vault and it would um, offer you the ability to make all of that within one chat and transaction as well so uh, i think that's quite a neat thing to do for for the user to kind of tidy up your wallet with anything that's kind of sat there doing nothing you can put it to work and earn some yield on it yeah no that's awesome yeah to A's point like the the envision sort of pretty much anything that ave uh supports um and so Secrets and Martech both asked about insurance. Um, so Secrets asked about Bridge Mutual. 
Um, it's like asked about could uh, developing an insurance pool with a percentage of profits. Um, so I'll just kind of revert revert back to um, we discussed I think maybe a couple times most recently I think it was week week eight. Um, and you know feel free if you want the the written version. It's weekly X week eight. Um, but yeah, so basically the planned insurance implementation is in house. And it would enable vault users to lock their tokens in a separate contract, which would be used to credit the remaining uh, vault users in the case of an insurance event uh, as determined by governance. And then as a reward for doing that, so providing that backstop, providing that insurance, um, they'll earn additional yield. So if but if like an insurance event does happen, these users don't necessarily lose all their capital. They're just locked in until the debt's paid off. Um, the, it's sort of like a market driven solution, which is similar to a tranching implementation, like risk tranching, if you're familiar with, from like kind of traditional finance and how debt is, uh, you know, you have the, the senior debt holders, the junior debt holders, and sort of the, uh, the more senior you are, uh, the less chance you, you basically have all the, all the junior, uh, debt holders that they get wiped out first. And then you sort of, um, you know, make out and that's along the same lines, if you can draw that parallel and that makes more sense to you. Um, and it basically just allows the vault users themselves to collateralize the insurance via market incentives and creating a market for risk. And this implementation avoids putting the onus on Yaxis stakers to collateralize the system. Uh, many other projects kind of use their native token as collateral, which literally just forces you to sell your own token at the worst possible time if there's an insurance event. Um, so avoiding that issue conveys yet another example of how, you know, why access is just leading the way in both security and tokenomics. And, um, you know, this, that approach is also scalable to the amount of capital in the vault. So let's say we're, you know, a 50 million market cap, but have 300 million in the vaults. Um, that approach should be scalable to that, um, the full amount of like vault capital based on that, um, based on the planned insurance implementation rather than if you did an insurance pool with a percentage of profits, which um, was suggested by uh, Martech, then you would have to wait a really long time until there's like a, a pool that was kind of large enough to build up with the percentage of profits to be able to, to actually insure it. So this is much more scalable and even more scalable than using our own token as, as collateral. So it's a super scalable approach and it's market driven um, and you know really, really a time tested approach with that parallel to sort of traditional finance. So um, pretty, pretty excited for that. Um, Martek also asked about uh, zapping in, um, zapping into the vaults. And this is, you know, on the list, a goal of ours, uh, obviously going to need um, some collaboration on, on Zapper's side to, to get that done. But obviously, everything needs to be live first before we can kind of go down that path. Um, Timmy Toe has asked, you know, can we get the volume higher? Um, yes, sorry that we had some recording issues last week that made the volume quieter than normal. Um, and, you know, kind of as we just announced and included the, the podcast link, but uh, basically by popular request from many community members, uh, you know, people are asking for a podcast and audio only version, which is totally understandable. Uh, we are releasing the first you heard in podcast form this week. So hopefully uh, the volume and recording issues are better this week. And then also that is a little added bonus. 
Uh, Big Poppy asked if the pseudo kind of yak mascot has a name, um, and if you want to have a naming contest. Uh, a any thoughts on the naming naming contest? I feel like we could run that at some point. Yeah, I'm not sure if it has a name. We have to ask the artist. But if not, then why not have a naming contest, right? Although the <laughs> yak mascot is not really some. Yeah, it's it's like we have different different artists working on different interpretations of of the yak. So it's a little bit different than uh, than the princess, I think. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so soon, TM. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, I am that and Throberto both asked uh, questions about the parameters for the partner program, um, and kind of as we've discussed above, the parameters are kind of being uh, fine-tuned now with revenue modeling for for optimization, um, and so kind of all. I want to say uh, on that right now. Um, Misam asked, um, you know, a question about locking, and uh, you know, the question is kind of already already addressed by uh, some helpful herd members. And as Martek pointed out, yes, we will be implementing uh, curve style gauges in uh, with with V3 with the V3 launch. Um, the TISC asked. Uh, any partners so far besides Casimo? Um, and uh, so they basically said they plan uh, they plan to participate. Um, that's something that they're they're excited to do, and you know basically share that and refer uh, refer their their network. Um, but you know as of now the program isn't live. Kind of you know as I communicated, it won't be live for a little bit until uh, after V three launches. But we wanted to just introduce the program beforehand, and we've started to field some some inquiries and and, and see some interest uh, since we put out kind of the initial the initial article medium article introducing the program. So that's nice to see there there is there is interest out there. So looking forward to actually seeing things seeing things in motion. Uh, just on there, uh, caught some of that. Yeah, over the months, over the six months that we've been developing it, we've also received inquiries from some large entities as well about um, farming particular different assets as well. Um, so a lot of people are kind of watching, waiting to see the, the vaults launch. And after that, we hope that we can then progress some discussions. Awesome. Thank you for that, Bobby. It's helpful context. Um, just moving on to the last question that was asked ahead of time was Echo Patient, who asked, uh, when, when Bali? Um, and so, you know, my comment to that is, I think we should go to those El Salvadorian volcanoes, in my opinion. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. So, um, with that, let's sort of take it to uh, the questions that were asked today, because um, we had a bunch, so I want to try to fire through these as quick as possible uh, to make sure that we get to everyone's. Um, and Bobby, A, well, um, Wally, Mr. Mr. feel free to chime in if I'm, if I'm missing anything, but just trying to do these uh, sort of rapid fire to make sure that we get to everyone's. Um, and if you do have a question, try to get it in now, um, so that way we make sure we can, can get to it. Um, so Bobby asks a series of pretty good questions. Um, one of them being, what would be the ideal convex strategy to implement for y-axis? Um, so obviously we have kind of our choice when it comes to Ethereum. There's a couple good strategies there. I would say probably the, um, the Lido staked ETH pool would probably be the, the ideal one there. 
Um, you know, for stables, probably the three pool just gets the most liquid. Um, the the boosted, obviously the convex boosted three pool has the most liquid. Um, we we can deposit a ton of TVL there and not dilute the yield really. Um, <clears throat> but obviously we'll look to to branch out. But just talking like ideal ideal case, and then uh, link. So they have the the boosted link, um, the boosted link uh, gauge, which obviously is you know fantastic. With you know the base yield on that's really good. Um, and then Bitcoin, we have like sort of a a wide array of options there. I think it's just going to be based on uh, liquidity and we can deposit a good amount of TVL and also making sure that the underlying asset that we're depositing is, um, you know, more reliable. Like some of these other wrapped Bitcoin solutions, you have to consider the counterparty risk a bit um, versus, um, you know, like a REN BTC or something that's been, uh, you know, pretty battle tested for a long time now. Um, Another question would be when we do implement convex, will we have the option of using different pools that have better curve base yield or we stick to one strategy? Um, no, like for each asset, obviously the goal is to have, you know, the um, the best strategy set for, for each asset. So um, don't have to stick to one strategy. And then, you know, obviously given that the yield is boosted and there's also some CVX on top, then you're going to have a better uh, much better base yield, which will also generate more, uh, more more revenue and obviously accommodate more TVL. Uh, Big Poppy asks, "When will Bitcoin be 100k?" I don't know. You tell me. You got the you got the TA analysis all, all the time. It's that's fantastic how how um you know dedicated you are and keeping the community up to date on that. So you're probably better better served to answer that than than I am. Uh, Bobby asked, uh, "How long will staking rewards remain above 100 percent?" APY, um, you know, obviously not really sure uh, right now, but just know that you will be getting a, kind of the era two um, sort of boost with the with the great harvest. Um, RTWIV, um, sorry, I didn't didn't know how to um, pronounce that, um, but asking about you know current interest in the partner program, which I think we conveyed there's there's good interest out there. Um, just kind of waiting for things to go live. Um, and also we did touch today on the uh, uh, Cosmo X partnership um, and then expect the timeline for bringing on other partners and kind of discuss that today as well. So we kind of hit on all those, which is good. Um, and Misam asks, maybe a simplified but meaningful explanation of how Y-axis intends to utilize these state funds to generate more wealth for everyone. Um, basically, you know, we're just going to be uh, taking assets as deposits in the vaults and then, you know, looking for the best strategies on the market on kind of a risk adjusted basis uh, to be you know, depositing those assets to earn yield. And one of the best uh, places to do that right now is convex. Uh, so that's why that's been a been a priority for era two and looking forward to seeing that seeing that materialize. So. Yeah, and I think um, the infographic that, that I posted uh, down there. If you scroll a bit down, that also shows a little more about how strategies are utilized, like how do we use lending platforms and how do the different strategies actually earn rewards. And for example, there are validated rewards, there are swap fees, there are, there's interest. So those are a few of the ways that we, we earn through them. Yeah, yeah, no, that's like a fantastic flow graphic and, you know, salute to, to the guys on the team that 
uh, have put that together and put the time in on that because I think that's like a really fantastic detailed explanation um, and hopefully will help um, help explain sort of the, the flow of funds and, and how yield is generated. And then also I would suggest that you um, also check out the uh, educational episode that we did about um, some of the, the DeFi like building blocks and how those work, how those generate yield, and then how Y-axis sort of leverages those. Um, I forget what week that was off the top of my head, but it was one of the middle the middle weeks or so. Um, we talked about Curve, we talked about in uh, Convex sitting on top of Curve, and we talked about Aave, Compound, and lending platforms. Um, so that would be a good one to revisit as well there. Um, sifting through Sakamano wants to know uh, when Bobby will update his profile pick. Bobby, any any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, man, I'm just waiting for you to design me a really cool one. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, originally the plan was to someone was going to be commissioned to um, create uh, a nice avatar for all the team, but that ended up not happening. So that's why I still have a blank one. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm looking for for a new one to adopt. So Bobby's avatar is a free agent. If anyone can find a good one, then then you got it. Um, alrighty, I think I think for there we have uh, you know some some uh, playful questions and, and uh, good stuff going on in the chat. But as far as uh, you know, project related stuff, um, I think we've pretty much hit on all the questions for today. So sorry for kind of sprinting through those there at the end, but I wanted to make sure that we got to everyone's and. Uh, appreciate all the community activity and 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 uh, you know feedback that we got today and all the great questions. So you know, thank you guys. It's always the community community engagement that helps drive the strength of the project. So really appreciate it. Um, you know, with that, I think we'll uh, we'll call it a we'll call it a day. And uh, you know, happy Friday, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. I appreciate it as always. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good weekend. Have a nice weekend, guys. See you later. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining. See you.